podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the Quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Allie of Exhausted Octopus. Hey. Now, before we jump into all the quilty fun and quilty questions today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Allie? Yes. Um, so, hi. I'm Allie, and I'm a marine biologist. Um, but have been a stay-at-home mom for the last 10 years and recently started quilting um, in 2018. And where are you? Are you down in Houston? Yes, um, I live in Houston, Texas. Oh, wait. I think I saw you at, no, I saw a post of you at the Houston <laughs> Quilt Festival recently, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, I went there and I actually didn't mean to go so many days in a row, um, but you just kept going back. Couldn't get yeah. enough. I, I'm, I know I'm really lucky to live close to the festival. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. I was able to just pop in. Have nice. you been every year since you started quilting? Um, no. So my first time at festival was 2019. Um, and then I was going to submit a quilt to the 2021. I actually made a Harry Potter quilt for the Harry Potter category and then it was called. So I have a Dumbledore in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) Has never really been seen, but. Could you tell us the story behind your Instagram handle? Yes. So I started on Instagram not ever thinking that it would be a business. I had no idea that was ever going to happen. And I just know myself and I know that I change my mind a lot about what I like to do. So I've been into painting acrylics, watercolors. I've hand carved stamps. I, I just change it up every once in a while. So when I started it, it was originally to be sort of like a personal journal of my quilting. Um, but I didn't want to pick a name that was specific to quilting because I didn't want to box myself in because when I inevitably changed and never did quilting again in a year, um, (laughs) then I wouldn't be stuck under like quilting alley or something. So I just thought it sounded kind of funny. And, um, and it was, it's kind of a callback to marine biology and I don't know, I, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm always tired. I just thought it sounded funny. There wasn't really anything deeper, but the more I've, the longer I've had it, the more I think it kind of works perfectly because it's like, I need so many arms to get all the things done and it just kind of works. So. So you mentioned that you started quilting back in 2018. So could you tell us more about your journey and how that all sort of began? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny, like if you had come up to me in 2017 and said, you're going to be a quilter, I would have been like, get out of here. Like I had no (laughs) idea that they were fun. I had no idea. I just didn't even know what the deal was. Um, And it was actually when I was up late at night um, in like a three in the morning feed with my infant son. And I was just trying to stay awake and I was holding him and nursing him. And, um, and I was just scrolling through YouTube videos, just trying to keep myself awake. And I stumbled upon, um, the midnight quilt show, midnight quilt show with Angela Walters. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, that looks kind of fun. Um, what is this? And I just kept watching those videos and I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. So the next day I went to Joanne fabric and bought some fat quarters and, 
put together this top that was absolutely horrendous to look at. I mean, it was just the worst. Like I didn't understand color. I didn't understand anything. Um, and I immediately, like I took one picture, which I don't even have anymore. And then I immediately took it all apart and like scrapped it for parts because it looked bad, but I was really excited to, to do that and to play with it. So that was like kind of the beginning. Um, and then from then on, it was every time I'd be looking up instructions for something on YouTube, um, it was all YouTube. Um, and I'd run into a description that would say, you know, put four HSTs. And I'm like, what are HSTs? And I <laughs> Google that. And then, then that would talk about something else and be like, what does that mean? And I'd Google that. And so I just kind of kept going that way to learn the things. <laughs> It's like going down like a rabbit hole, like one after the other, just yes. nonstop. So then with that Midnight Quilter videos, like what are they showing in the videos? So she would go through um, like start to finish and show just the making of a quilt. And they were all very modern, um, which was new for me. Like I didn't know about modern quilting. To me, a quilt always meant like, you know, I picture that very traditional 1930s colors. And, and I was just like, eh, it's just not really my thing. That's not interesting to me. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't get it. But these were like bright colors and it'd be like asymmetrical. Um, and she was just so relaxed about it. She was like, let's just do this thing. And here we are. And it was like, oh, it doesn't have to be this like high pressure situation. It just, she made it look so easy. It was like, just try it out and see what happens. Um, and I loved how she would lay the fabric out and then cut it into all these triangles. And I was like, I want to have a bunch of triangles on my desk. Like that looks really <laughs> cool. So, um, and then she'd work through start to finish. She'd piece it all together. And it was very simple the way that she'd show, you know, two pieces go together to make one piece. And then she makes a sandwich and quilts it. And she showed the whole thing. And so I was like, oh, that's really accessible. Um, so that's, that's what drew me to it. Did you have any, um, had you grown up sewing or were you like learning completely from scratch? Completely from scratch. I'd never, I sewed one Halloween costume in college. Um, my roommate threaded the machine for me because I was scared of it. Um, <laughs> and that was, it was this, it was actually quite terrible. It's so embarrassing. It was this like blue three musketeers costume. I didn't even know what I was thinking. I just was like, this, this will be interesting. Um, that's the first time I'd ever touched a sewing machine. And, uh, then did, that was uh, quite a long time ago. And then the, the next time was 2018. I borrowed my mom's sewing machine. Um, and so she brought it down and she's not really into sewing either. Um, it was just kind of a thing that she had, um, and then, uh, but my, my whole family is really artistic, like in a lot of different ways, there's musicians and, um, my uncle works with metal and glass and then, you know, everybody's either a writer or a poet or something. Um, but there's not really any quilters. My grandmother did a lot of embroidery work, but I never grew up sewing or anything like that. You've talked about how uh, quilting for you kind of allows you to draw with thread, uh, paint with fabric. Those are your words. We copy and pasted. Um, how did you kind of find that aspect of quilting? Like, how did you, because it sounds like the this Midnight Quilting Show was much more traditional in patchwork and piecing and things like sure. that. So how did you end up starting to discover painting with thread? So that was kind of cool, actually. Once I, it, it one really led into the other. So after I, I watched this and decided, okay, I want to try quilting. Um, my mom, after lending me her machine told me about, or 
told her cousin, um, who has been a quilter for 30 plus years, um, that, oh, hey, my daughter's quilting. And she was so excited and said, well, here, I've got all of this fabric in my closet that I've had for a really long time. You can have it. And so <laughs> I think it was kind of, she she was happy to have somewhere to de-stash, which was <laughs> like somebody who was going to use it. Um, and I was just thrilled to be getting fabric for free. That was amazing. Um, but a lot of it wasn't really my style, um, but it's free fabric. I'm not going to say no. So I, I don't remember where I heard this. I think it might've been from Angela Walters, but there's this, um, advice of if you don't like a fabric, you just haven't cut it small enough yet. So I started just cutting it smaller and smaller and then using those pieces of fabric as color. And I think that's where that really started was out of necessity. I mean, that was just what I had to work with. Um, so I was like, I'm going to make it work for me. So I'll just combine it and put it together until it looks like something totally different. So that was really how that started. That's crazy. That's also really good advice. Yeah. <laughs> so after you started cutting down all these fabrics down to itsy bitsy sizes, like, was it, did you feel that you started playing with fabric first and then thread or was it kind of like a, um, parallel process? It was really more fabric first. And I think the first time that I started realizing that I could draw with thread or use thread to add in was I made this, this zebra, um, which I've since sold, but, um, it's like a, I was just using scraps that I had left over and I thought it'd be really cool to make them do this like applique. I did his stripes in like these leftover scraps and then out of necessity, I needed to quilt it down so it would stay in place. Um, but I realized the thread was going to show in that the stripes were thin and it would, so I, I just leaned into it. I was like, okay, well, let's just add on more thread and see what happens. And that's when I first started realizing, oh, that adds like a whole other dimension to it. And, um, I mean, aside from the obvious, like you use thread, it goes down and what you don't quilt stays up. But beyond that, it added another layer of texture. And um, so I really started to get into that. And that's actually when I first um, started using Aurifil. And yeah, it's it's been really good. So I love now adding thread as like another element or I'll finish a quilt top and it's like it's not really finished yet. It's more like now it's the canvas is ready you know? Interesting. So, so when you're working with that, you mentioned that you do, do you find that you're doing more applique or is it kind of a mix, a 50, 50 mix between applique and, um, piece patchwork? So for the longest time I was doing applique, um, and well, okay. Backing up. I, when I first started quilting, I was only doing other people's patterns. Um, and I didn't really understand color yet. And I didn't really understand, how it worked, but it was a really good practice to do other people's patterns and then start to kind of slowly implement my colors into it. Or I'd see a pattern and be like, yeah, but what would it look like if we changed the background to be this or, or whatever? That was kind of the beginning. Um, and then realizing that applique was even a thing because I didn't realize that it was until I went to quilt <laughs> festival and in, in 2019. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, we can just not piece. Like we can just put stuff on top and quilt it down. Like I didn't know that was a thing we could do. Um, so I started playing with applique then. Um, and after that, it was sort of like this, 
I don't know, it's sort of like if there's anything you want to make, you just try it with applique because then you can get the picture or then you can you can make what you want to see. Um, and now recently, like very recently, um, I've been starting to do more, I guess, traditional, well, not traditional, but more piecing. So like the one behind me, which looks insane right now, it's kind of creepy almost from this angle, but, um, um, but I'm, it's all, uh, pieced. It's, there's no applique on it. Um, I'm just doing improv piecing. And then the last quilt that I made, um, that I submitted, uh, we'll see, but, um, that's all pieced as well. So I've, I've been trying to really figure out how to do the complicated things that I'm picturing in a way that's not applique, that's all pieced. So interesting. And um, was that kind of this foray into applique, you have your C-glass quilt course. What kind of inspired you to um, share that? So that too was sort of right on that, in that moment of going to quilt festival and figuring out that we could do that. I'd had the idea for a sea glass quilt in my mind, um, for like a little while before that, just, I love the colors. I thought it would be interesting. Um, but I couldn't figure out exactly how to get that look. Um, so anyway, once I got home from that and realized I could just do applique and try it out, I made my first few quilts and shared them cause I was just excited about it. And people were asking me, oh my gosh, how did you do that? And at first I was explaining it, but then it wasn't quite the full picture because it's, it's, I mean, in the basic sense, yes, you're just appliqueing somewhat oblong circles onto a background, but I was doing more with, um, the balance of color and mm -hmm. the transition of, um, uh, of value. And I wanted to share about that I couldn't figure out how to do that. Um, yeah. and I didn't think anyone would really want to know. Like, I was just like, well, you just do the thing. Like that's doesn't help at all in terms of teaching, but I was like, you just, you just do it. I don't know. Um, but enough people were asking that I, I put it out there and, um, and it was really well received. So that was an awesome surprise. Um, and the best part has been seeing what other people do with that same technique and how they really make it theirs. Like that was just the best surprise that I didn't even think was going to be a thing. So that's awesome. When you launched that course, were you doing most of your applique and um, quilting on your domestic machine or yes. had you already moved over to a long arm? No, I didn't have a long arm. Um, that was all on my domestic. So all of the courses taught on domestic and I did all of my quilting on a domestic. I found out that long arms were a thing um, <laughs> sometime <laughs> around. Um, I guess it was... Oh, I don't remember now. It's all mixed up. But I think it was it was 2019 earlier in the year, which time wise, it, it's all a jumble. But I needed to get some backing fabric for this quilt I was working on. And the quilt shop that I usually go to um, was closed for the day. And I just Googled, you know, are there fabric stores near me? Um, and it said, oh, there's one that's like a mile away from your house. So I went in and she had like five bolts of fabric. And I was like, well, this isn't a fabric store. And then <laughs> I turn around and there's three long arms right there. And I was like, oh, like I've, I've heard of this thing. Like that must be a long arm. Um, and so I introduced myself and she said, it turns out it was a long arm rental place um, oh. where you could go in and you could pay so much an hour to just rent time on the machine. And I just was like, oh, well, that's definitely what I want to do. Like, I want to try this out. That looks awesome. Um, so 
you have to get like, you have to do a training course ahead of time so that they can make sure you're not going to just come in and destroy their machine. Um, <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. So um, I saved up and after I did that, then uh, I was able to start renting time. Um, but the thing is like, it's, it's quite a lot of money. Like it's like $25 an hour to just to be on here. And I didn't like, she taught us how to do pantographs and all that, but I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to do all custom work. But when you're on that much of a time crunch, like I would like, it was like supermarket sweeps or something. Like I would get my top (laughs) ready and I'd be there like, okay, I had it all pinned up to this, um, uh, it was like a zipper attachment to get it onto the the machine. And so I had it all pinned up with a zipper and I'm standing there like with the top ready to go. <laughs> and she'd be like, okay, your time's starting. And I would jump in, zip it on, get it all ready. And then I, w- I already had my quilting plan ready. I knew what I was going to do. I put on my headphones and I'm just in the zone. Like other people renting time would be like stopping to talk. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like your time is running. <laughs> and like, so I'd just be going and quilting and quilting and I wouldn't like, there were no breaks. I wouldn't stop. I would just go. And in, in one sense that was good because it taught me to kind of just, you know, if there's a mistake, like the tension's fine. If, if your quilting doesn't look perfect, forget it. Like you're, you're moving on because there's no time. Um, (laughs) but in another sense, in another sense, it was kind of, um, it it rushed me so much. I rushed myself. Let's be honest. (laughs) I rushed myself. Um, and so I had to kind of relearn how to slow down and be like, okay, there actually is time to stop and like reevaluate what we're doing here. So what was the tipping point from renting time on a machine to deciding going forward, I'm going to get my own machine? Yeah. So I, when I was renting time, I knew that I wanted to have my machine someday um, because I really hated that rush. And I just always felt kind of half panicked while quilting. And it was, it was this combination of like panic and then meditation because it was my favorite thing to be doing, but also I knew there was a time crunch and I just didn't like that at all. Um, and then she actually unfortunately had to close her shop um, back in, I think it was early 2019. So I only had a few months on it, um, but I knew exactly the machine that I loved. Like I, I knew that I got to try the different machines um, and the one that she had that I loved was the the Lucy, which I ended up getting. It's an APQS Lucy. Um, but I didn't think that would ever be possible for me. Like I was just like, there's no way I could ever afford that. It just, it would never happen. Um, and so I kept making tops that were, it would have been possible to quilt them on my domestic, but not the way that I wanted to quilt them, uh, with the level of detail. I just wasn't patient enough to cram it through my 4.5 inch throat space to get like all the free motion wow. that I wanted to do. Um, so I just kept making tops. So for, I guess it was over a year. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on making tops. Um, and that's what I'll do. And I'll just tuck them away. And then someday when another rental place becomes available, I'll do that. That was my plan. Um, and then after I released the C glass class, which was just surprisingly successful, I was in a position where I could actually entertain the idea of getting a long arm. Um, and then thought about it some more and I was like, Oh my gosh, is that actually going to happen? Like I thought it'd be like (laughs) 10 years from now, maybe. Um, and as it turns out, like it coincided with the first ever major sale that they were having on the Lucy. And I was like, that's my dream machine. I can't believe it. So it happened and I was able to get it. Um, and I got it in January of this year. So I've had it since then. And it's, 
been like, it's my baby. I love it so much. Um, yeah. But my husband was watching it come in the door and he was just like, uh, like I had talked about it beforehand and I'd made a big space up here and he was like, oh, is this where your long arm's going to go? Like, and a couch. I'm like, no, that's just for the long arm. Like it's, it takes up a lot of space. And he's like, all right. I mean, he's super supportive. I don't mean to make him sound like that, but still he didn't, he couldn't quite visualize right. the size of a long arm. Yeah. Right. So, but I love it so much. Um, and I'm really, really glad I got it. And it's, it's really great to open up the possibilities. Like when I was making something in the past, it'd be like, okay, but how am I going to quilt this? I have to reduce it or change it in some way. But now it's like, oh, I can just make what I want to make. Like the limiting factor is the size of the table. Um, but, but still it's, it's a much wider range of what I can do and what I can think about doing. Okay. So what part of your training and work as a marine biologist influences your, your quilting and your art? So I was thinking about this and a lot of the, the time that I spent as a marine biologist, I was working in different aquariums and the job was doing so many different things at once. Like it was running up and down stairs, carrying things, um, getting really dirty. Um, you're monitoring this tank filling up while you're also going to be thinking about what am I going to feed to that one? Um, and then you'd have these moments of like chaos, but also moments of peace where you'd just be sitting on top of this scaffolding above the tank and you're just kind of relaxing and feeding the fish and watching these flashes of color as they come up. And, um, so there's these really meditative moments within the chaos. And I feel like that there's a lot of parallels between that and what I'm doing now. Um, as far as, you know, even just being a mom, like there's my, the beginning of my day is this rush to get everybody ready for school. And then at three o'clock, I've got to stop what I'm doing and go pick everybody up. And then there's the dinner and then bedtime and it's, I'm, I'm exhausted, but there's this like window in the middle where I can work on quilting. And it's still, there's like, there's the chaos of the color and the, and the stuff. But then there's these moments of like slowing down and just being really meditative with it. So there's a lot of different things that you're doing all at once and you're kind of having to think about them all, but also push them out of your head because otherwise it gets very overwhelming. And I struggle with that all the time. I'm definitely always working on that. But, um, but I, I really liked, I realized that, um, the other day it was just, there's this definite parallel between them. And maybe that's true of any job where you're doing lots of different things at once, but, um, it, it appeals to me that way. And I love how, I wanted to say this too. Um, I realized that in the past, I've always been this person who changes up things. I like to go creatively into this thing or that thing or, you know, and once I find a new thing, I'm like, well, that's my identity now. And I just do all of that. Like I'll just be watercoloring for eight months or carving stamps. Just, I mean, like I have a closet full of them. It's just, that will never go anywhere. Um, so when I started quilting, my mom was like, well, should we get our quilts in now? Like our requests in now before you change to a different thing? And I was like, yeah, definitely. Like she was totally right. Like she, like a hundred percent. I was like, yeah, I'll probably be done with this in like a year. And it's not, it's not going away. And there's just no, um, I don't think it will anytime soon because I've found that in this particular, um, area, it's, there's so many different things that you can do, um, that it's not like there's one thing uh, that didn't sound clear, but 
So whenever I finish a project, I'll usually switch to a different technique. Like if I'm doing something really kind of loose and improv then the next thing I'll do is very precise. And it's like, I can still do that switching back and forth between creative techniques. And it's all under the umbrella of quilting because each thing pulls on my brain in a different way. Like there's math and there's, there's color balance and there's just the puzzle of how to construct something. So it's always interesting to me. And that's been really, really fun. There's always something new that you can do that's totally different and it's all still quilting. So when somebody first visits your Instagram page, I think they'll first be hit by, I mean, all the amazing quilting going on, but also one of my favorite things is to check in how your aquarium is doing. You know, you've mentioned that, you know, you love the tulip pink line that, you know, had um, a lot of sea creatures on it. Is that something that you continually revisit? It is. And a lot of the, I, I didn't realize I was even doing it at first. Like even the fact that sea glass is ocean related, like it just didn't even occur to me. I was like, oh, that's just normal. Like, and um, I'm coming out with an English paper piece pattern in February. Um, that's my first ever. Um, I'm so excited about it. And it's called Tide Pool. And it's, it's like, I didn't think about it. Like, it's just, that's just what I like. That's um, your default. Right. It's totally like, that's on brand. just, yeah. yeah. On brand. <laughs> um, so it kind of creeps into different things or, um, like this is so nerdy, but I love it. But I, one of my quilt ideas that I've been wanting to do for a long time is I want to do a quilt that's like about counter current exchange. Like, um, like it's just like with, you know, how it relates to like, it's in gills, it's in kidneys. It's fantastic. Like, I love it so much. It's one of my favorite things. Um, or I did a quilt design once that's based on the phospholipid bilayer of a cell. Like, I just, I love it. Like, I love exploring that. Um, and so it's, I feel like I don't, I feel like I'm not dipping as much as I want to into that science. Like, I feel like I'm still kind of on the surface of what I want to be doing. Um, but yeah, as far as the fish tank goes, like I, I set that up this year. Um, I've had the tank for 10 years now. And the last time it was set up was when my, I was pregnant with my second son. Um, so it would have been nine years ago. Um, and I just wasn't being a very good fish mom. Like I had a toddler and I was super pregnant. I was like, I can't with this. Like I just can't. So I, I, gave all of my fish to the local fish store who was awesome. Like he, he put them all in a separate tank so that they wouldn't be bought out. Like they got to live out their lives. That's, that sounds like a situation where I'm saying the dogs went out to live on a farm somewhere, but they actually, <laughs> like I visited them later. They were fine. Um, but anyway, so it's been, the tank has just been in the garage collecting dust for years. And I earlier this year, it was one of those things where I'm like, well, you know what? We've been in quarantine for so long. Like, I just want a new thing to look at. Like, let's just <laughs> bring something in. And I thought the kids would have fun with it. So we set it up. And then I just started recording videos because I was like, well, this is fun for me. I'm just sitting in front of it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let me just press record and see, you know. And I shared a couple things and and the response has been amazing. Like, I'm shocked and delighted by how much people are involved. Like the, I started originally, it was videos of this little crab that I got that I love so much. Her name's Donna. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and I started posting videos and, or just in my stories and people were messaging me after a few days of not hearing about Donna. They were like, how is Donna? What's happening? And I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize anybody cared. Like, um, 
That's so hilarious. then I, I started posting different videos and then some people would have questions like, oh, what, is, what does that mean? Or how do you know if the coral is happy? Because I'd say, oh, this coral looks really happy today. And someone would be like, but how do you know that? <laughs> and so I'd be like, well, you can tell because this is happening and the color is here. And um, so I just started sharing about that. And I love it. Like I love talking about, oh, do you see this little thing here? That means that. Like I, I love it. So, um, so yeah. everyone should follow you first for the quilts, <laughs> second for the Aquarian live stream. <laughs> yeah. On that nerdy note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Allie? I'm ready. Anna, why don't you kick us off? What is your favorite time of day to quilt? Uh, morning. Do you, where do you sew? Upstairs. It used to be the kids' playroom, but I've taken it over as my studio. <laughs> as your playroom. Yeah. Um, do you wear shoes while sewing? Never. Socks? Slippers? Only socks if it's cold. Uh, music, Netflix, podcasts, or silence when you're sewing? Um, podcasts almost all the time. Okay. So what is your current favorite? Um, current favorite is um, I Saw What You Did. It's about, uh, it's these women talking about movies, but they're so funny and you don't have to watch the movies beforehand. It's, it's fantastic. And do you have a favorite snack while quilting? Um, chips, but nothing that leaves a residue. Like potato chips? Yeah. Well, like, like pita chips or pretzels. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite traditional block? Flying geese. Do you have a favorite color? Blue. <laughs> what is your favorite brand of solids? Um, I think it's got to be Moda. And do you have a favorite color from that brand of solids? Not really, no. And what color fabric do you use the most? Blue. <laughs> I feel like it's just, it's, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm off, obvious on that one, but I don't know. I like it. Uh, solids or prints? Uh, prints. I prefer prints. And who's your favorite fabric designer? Um, currently, I it's Rashida Coleman Hale. I just everything of hers is like, I love it. And what's your fa what's the last fabric you bought? Uh, last fabric I bought was at Quilt Festival, um, and it was two bundles of Juicy Juice's new lines. So one of Nona and one of Pietra. Nice. And what is your favorite quilt shop? Um, Fiddlehead. It's a shop up in Maine, which I got to visit on a trip there. Uh, how do you organize your fabrics? Um, by size and color. And uh, what do you do with your scraps? I use them. <laughs> <They're>, um, <laughs> that sounded weird to say it like that. Um, I, I have them all in, in bags. And then whenever I'm looking for a color, I just dump the bag out and then just rifle through it and use it and stuff it all back in the bag. Um, what sewing notion couldn't you live without? Uh, I think my magnetic pin bowl. What's your favorite ruler size? Um, I really like the two and a half inch by 18 inch. It's so useful. Yeah. I used to think it was just kind of an extra whatever, but it's very useful. Um, and okay. So I think I know, we all know the answer to this. So what <laughs> thread brand do you use? Orphil. <laughs> we still need to make a jingle for that. Yeah. Um, what is your pressing preference? Um, open if possible, but otherwise to the dark side. And pick one, FPP, EPP, or improv. I got to go with FPP. Uh, do you have a favorite pantograph? No, I'm not really a pantograph person. Yeah, fair enough. 
Uh, straight line or free motion quilting? Free motion, but I like ruler work mixed in. And do you spray, pin, or thread paste? Pin, if I have to. I'm usually not basting anymore. Okay, so do you pre-wash? Never, except I started dyeing fabric recently, so those fabrics get washed like eight times before I use them, (laughs) but otherwise never. What is your favorite part of the quilting process? The quilting is my favorite. And what's your least favorite part? Um, Binding. What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? I rush too much. Um, I need to really slow down. And who is your quilty crush? Her name's Iva Steiner. She's amazing. Um, she's a quilter and she'll just check her out. It's her work snag quilts and more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your favorite recent make? Um, it might be the one I'm working on right now. I feel like it's always the one I'm working on right now. <laughs> and how many quilts are in the work in progress pile right now? 53. 53. Whoa. I like that honesty. <laughs> I know because I just did it. I just went through them for this UFO Vember thing that I'm doing with Bobby. Uh, So I know like it's some of them are mini, but it's 53. And how, what is the oldest? The oldest is from a kit that I did in 2018 um, that I got from the old craftsy, like when it was the old craftsy. Yeah. And do you have any other interests or hobbies? Yes, pretty much learning new things, new techniques. I, I don't know if that counts as a hobby, but I just, every time I hear about something, anything creative oriented that I'm like, what is that? How does that work? I just have to dive in. I love it so much. I think I kind of want to like, I want to know your itinerary for workshops and classes like QuiltCon and summer things, because you seem to pick the coolest things to try. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would, I would pay for that itinerary. <laughs> it's, it's mostly just like a big colored jumble of like yeah. crayons scribbled up in my head. Like that's what it looks like in there. It's like, yeah. If you ever wanted to um, do the programming for a summer arts camp for adults, I would uh, 100% be there. Awesome. Um, the sculptural embroidery that you recently did. So cool. Like, yeah. So that's Meredith Woolnoff. I don't know how to say her last name right, um, but it, she's just incredible. Like, definitely worth a follow. Um, yeah. But I'm taking her class online, and that's what that's from. She does sculptural embroidery. It's just, just check it out, guys. Yeah, especially the the water part of it. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's the it's disappearing so much fun. template paper. Yeah, it's, you you disappearing template. Yeah, paper. it literally disintegrates. Yeah, you you do thread painting on water soluble. She calls it water soluble fabric. It's interfacing, but it's anyway. Um, and you just do all this really dense thread work on it. And she teaches you how to do it in a specific way that it doesn't fall apart because that's a thing that can happen. But once you're done, you you put it into warm water, and the fabric just like disappears, and you're left with only thread. It's so, so cool. much fun. It's, it's crazy. So fun. Oh my god. So on that note, we've got just a couple more questions for you. Who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Okay, so Meredith Wolnoff, W-O-O-L-N-O-U-G-H. Um, but she does all of this sculptural embroidery. And then I really love, this is not quilty related, but um, Subpar Parks. Uh, have you heard of that one? <laughs> no. 
So I'm so excited that. Okay, so it's this person goes through and they find like the worst reviews of national parks. And oh, like, like it'll be stuff like like the mountains were not worth seeing or something like that. <laughs> or like it's and she'll make this this beautiful drawing. It's a graphic drawing of this thing. And then she'll put like the lettering that's really fancy over the top and it'll be like a gorgeous beach. And it says like not worth the drive. <laughs> like it's just they're so funny. Um, and then also um, this other woman, this is embroidery related. Um, her name is Handwriting. It might be Han writing, H-A-N writing. Um, But she works with vintage postcards and photographs. And then she does this really intricate embroidery over it. It is so cool. And I bought a calendar from her last year. I hope she sells them again because (laughs) I I need another calendar. But anyway, (laughs) definitely worth a follow. That sounds so interesting. And before we sign off, do you have any fun projects in Horizon that you're able to share with our listeners? Yeah. So, um, right now what I'm focusing on is, well, is getting stuff ready for my octopod squad, which is my membership. And I'm working on kind of guiding through different techniques that build on each other, which has been super fun. Are signups still open for the octopod squad? Signups are not open right now, but they will open again in January. So yeah, I'm planning on opening signups once every few months. Um, so that I could really focus in with people and, and build up. So so what's the maximum number um, each time you open up the signups? There's no limit on number, um, but signups stay open for a week and um, and I'll announce it beforehand and and all that. But um, you can join the wait list. Uh, I have a link to it in my profile. Um, so if you want to be notified when signups open, you can be. Very cool. And so we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. I am the dot weekend quilter. Anna. I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Allie. At Exhausted Octopus. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you subscribe to the show and tell your quilty friends about us. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.